Hello, and welcome to Cowgirl Artists of America's podcast, a podcast dedicated to cowgirl artists. I'm your host and the founder of CGA, Megan Wimberly. Today, we talk with Amanda Jenkins of Amanda Jenkins Yoga about the benefits of yoga and her journey to becoming an instructor. Amanda also gives us some tips for making sure we get the most benefit out of our yoga practice. Oh, and by the way, Amanda is one of CGA's affiliates. That means if you're a member, you can get a discount on her services. If you're not a member yet, don't worry. We are opening for enrollment August 1st through 15th. We hope that you join us. Amanda, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay. My background is I've been a hairdresser for the past 27 years. I've been an educator for about 25 years. And I'm just stopping at 27 because that's just where I want to stop at. Meaning I, you'll never know if I go past 27 years. And I've been teaching yoga now for the past few years. When it comes to hairdressing, the education that I do, I'm the global director of education for a hair product company. And what that means is that I basically, I travel the world teaching hairdressers how to cut and style hair. And that's pretty much, it transitions really well into my teaching of yoga because of style body positions and how we think as artists because hairdressers are artists. And so the, the two kind of coincide and they go together really well. Yeah. I would imagine that with what you're doing on the hairdresser side of things is pretty similar to some of the postures that artists find themselves in and standing or sitting for a long period. And what are some of those things that, that people do as the, if they're like doing hair or working in art, that is pretty bad for our collectively. We can even start off with the base basic things. As you just mentioned, standing and sitting. So a lot of hairdressers, artists. So if you're standing, right, where your shoes play a big role in your posture. So if you don't have appropriate footwear and, and I'm the worst, I have the worst footwear. I have a closet full of inappropriate shoes, but, and I'll never not wear inappropriate shoes, but I also know when to switch up my shoes. I know to not wear heels two days in a row. I I might wear my sneakers to work and change into my heels or something like that. So your shoes, your feet, the health of your feet, your ankles is very important because if your feet hurt, then you're going to start to switch your weight from side to side and lean into your hips, going into your lower back. Then you go into your upper back, your shoulders, punching, then your neck hurts. So whether you're a hairdresser or an artist standing and painting, that's going, those are the same effects. If you're sitting, so a lot of us hairdressers, we sit on stools when we cut or mostly when we cut. Colorists typically don't sit on stools, but you're sitting. Again, your posture is bad. You're leaning, you're hunching over, your hip flexors are getting tight. And then across the board, we're all stressed. Right. So we all get have different stresses, whether it's how we are dealing with a hairdresser, how we deal with our clients. Right. So every hour to two hours, we have a new energy that comes into the salon. So if that energy of that person is if they're not having a great day, hairdressers take that energy on. So we're not only artists with our hands and with our with our visual aspect we're also psychologists as well so we have to take that energy on and then immediately switch it 45 minutes to a couple hours later when we get a new client in 
So we're always changing, but we still hold on to that energy. And then also just trying to come up with a new collection or something like I'm coming up with a new collection, doing a photo shoot in two weeks and coming up with how visually is that going to look? And is that going to inspire anybody? So I'm sure that painters feel the same way. Is this painting, like how are people going to perceive this? So it's the same kind of thing as I have to think about how is that, how are people going to perceive this haircut, this style, or, or are they going to be influenced by it? So that's very stressful. So I think across the board, we all have the same issues and yoga can play huge role in helping all of us in whether it's strengthening or flexibility or even calming our minds. That's really what the basis of yoga is and how it can benefit artists. Yeah. And how long have you been practicing, even just personally practicing yoga? So I was thinking about that today. I'm pretty sure I took my first yoga class around 97, 98, very long time ago when I was living in Orlando. I started off doing Ashtanga. That was the first class I ever took, the type of yoga. And I stuck with that for a while. I had a great mentor and she just taught me everything. And her and her teacher, I was lucky enough to take classes with her mentor. And so just being involved with that. Then I moved to New York in 2001. And it was funny because New York was super different, like when it came to yoga, whereas the Ashtanga was very traditional that I was learning and there was no music. It was just the poses being spoken and called out. And that's what you did. And then I moved to New York and it was like, there was music, there was guitars, there was this, there was that. And so it was very strange for me to understand why there was music being played. And so I would go in and out of doing yoga for years because I didn't understand. I had restraints on should you be playing music? This isn't the type. So I was, ah, what am I supposed to be doing? Is this appropriate? And yeah, so I would just try to find another style. And then if I didn't like that, then I just kind of weaved in and out of different practices and different styles and came about what I do now. What made you decide to become an instructor? So I was practicing a lot and it started a lot of my friends. So I rock climb and I I run. So people that I do those activities with, they would always start stretching with me or I would just, they would just get on my routine and I would just teach, I would be teaching them and not realizing that I'm teaching. I just thought I was hanging out with my friends and then they were asking for it. They're like, when are we going to do another class? And I'm like a class. What are you talking about? We're just warming up or we're cooling down. (laughs) So then I was teaching haircutting. And as I teach haircutting, I'm very much, very well known as the hairdresser that is about body position and posture. And so I'll stop the whole class and tell everybody to roll your shoulders back, pull in your lower belly, stand like this. And a lot of the people in the class, at least two people in each class I teach will say that they felt like they just came to a yoga Pilates class. And, um, and that was always just like a joke. And I just had this like little reputation in the industry of that. And then one day when I was teaching somebody how to cut a graduated bob, and I noticed that I just guided them into warrior two pretty much for the most part, the bottom half. And I was just like, 
<laughs> and then knowing like what my friends always say. So then I was like, you know what? I probably, I like helping people. I love teaching. I love teaching hairdressing. I love teaching. As soon as I can get somebody to say that they feel different about something that I've shown them, that's just amazing that's rewarding to me it's rewarding to them because I know that they'll never forget it I'll never forget it and then it just it just happened it just happened I got my teacher training certification just for myself because I just wanted to know more and um and then to get certified you had to send in all these videos and teach people in live classes and then I started really liking that and people were really liking it so then I just did it how long have you been a certified instructor about three years now. Okay, cool. Not a long time, but it, it's a constant growth. It's a constant evolution. Yeah. What do you think, generally speaking, are the top three to five benefits for the general population for doing yoga? Right off the bat, you have your strength, your flexibility, your balance, your mental capacity. So it's a stress reliever. It's anxiety reliever. It's an injury prevention. Just amazing it's amazing how it can calm the mind and different there's different types of yoga that can do different things and for each person but I think across the board your top ones would be your strength your flexibility your balance your posture injury stress reliever anxiety there's stuff for asthma there's stuff for your blood pressure so you can really dive and dissect into it a bit more but those are your top ones and what about same question top three to five but specifically for artists so for artists you kind of you go look at artists as like the health issues so what i'm going to answer this as the health issues that artists typically tend to have would be your neck your back or your shoulder a lot of artists have asthma carpal tunnel is a huge thing for art wrist health is a huge thing, stress, anxiety. So the benefits, there's a pose and there's an asana for every single thing that I just said. And you can design, a, and this is another thing that I love about teaching is that I can design an asana for each of those bullet points that I just said. So if it's somebody's having respiratory issues, like there's something, like there are poses that are specifically for stretching the lungs and opening and calming the mind. So that's what I really love about it. So it's like endless. There's so many things that you can do with it. And so for anybody listening who might not know, what do you mean when you say asana? So asana is basically a class. So we're developing a class, easy way to think about it. It's a class, a routine of postures flowing in and out of one another. Yeah. Yeah, I know for me, yoga really just naturally have a pretty stiff neck and it's straight. It doesn't have a curve in it like it's supposed to. And so I get a lot of tension in my shoulders and then either leaning over the computer, typing to do like business stuff or manage the social media things, whatever, or like my paintings, I get so stiff and yoga helps so much with that stiffness that is associated with those art creation and business aspects of what I do on a daily basis. If I don't do yoga, I just, it hurts. Yeah, definitely. I wake up 
up and I'm just like, okay, I have to stretch. Even if it's for 10, 15 minutes, I have to do something. And sometimes it's a static stretch where I'm holding or sometimes I'm moving. Sometimes it's a flow because that's just what it feels good. Yeah. I'm curious too. So I, when I started doing yoga, I did it. I had been sick for a while and I used it in to help me get well again. And I've always been really personally, really drawn to the slow, like long stretches, just like you're slowly letting your body like sink into these positions or really, but there's a lot of different styles of yoga. What are the, like the main styles of yoga that people might encounter? Hatha is going to be one of the most known from there. You have Ashtanga, you have Bikram, you have Yen, Kadalini, Vinyasa is very popular right now. You have restorative. Those are like your key ones that most people know. Iyengard is a style of yoga, which is pretty much how, what I learned, what I got certified in. So I'm certified in Iyengard Vinyasa. And is that from BKS Iyengar? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, what are the different names? They maybe don't mean really anything to people. So what is the difference in some of those styles? So we'll say, we'll break it down. Like Ashtanga and Vinyasa Iyengar is going to be more of your considered more athletic. So it's, uh, it's strength, it's stretching, it's stretching, but it, it's faster paced movements. Then you have your yin, which is going to be probably what you like a lot, which is longer, more static holds. And then you have your restorative, which is going to have a lot of props. Yen uses props as well. Restorative is just really just a very relaxing and exactly what it says, restorative. So you're holding those poses longer. Bikram is going to be your 26 poses. It's done in a hot room. Typically it's Traditionally, it's 90 minutes, but it's been broken down over the years to an hour. And then you have your Catalini, which is more spiritual. So there's, it's a faster pace, but then you have a lot of chanting and meditation along with that. So those I feel are the most like common that you can find. Yeah. When I first started getting into yoga, I felt I would read things about how like westernized yoga or whatever, and I wasn't quite sure what people were talking about. And I listen to one of BKS Iyengar's books, Light on Life. And that was really helpful for me to recognize like the underpinnings, more the emotional and like mental aspects of yoga that people might not think about the calming and like getting in tune with your breath, finding balance, finding what's under the surface. Do you think that you've encountered, do you think most people understand yoga holistically, or do you feel like there's a little bit of a misconception about just glorified stretching or something? I think that there's two perceptions of yoga. I think people either think that you are quote unquote a hippie and you're meditating and you're just chanting or you're just doing it for athletic reasons. There is a loss in translation between the two. I think that once people find the type of practice that they want, and that's it's what I was going through. So I went through the transition when I moved to New York because I didn't know what kind of practice I wanted. I only knew one. Um, but it's understanding who you are and what resonates with you. Do you want more chanting? Do you want more sitting and just holding and breath work? Is that meditation for you? Meditation for me is moving breath to movement in and out of poses. That's 
pure meditation for me. Running is meditation for me. So it's figuring out what you need and then go finding that specific type of practice. Because the history of yoga is there's many different thoughts on where it began, how long ago it began, who was the first teacher. And there's some contradict each other, some compliment. So knowing a little bit of it, but then I think it's up to individuals to try different types out because I was always like, I don't like holding poses. I had this thing in my head. I don't like holding poses. So you couldn't get me to go to a restorative class or a yen class ever. I was just like, no way, I'm going to be so bored. And granted, like it's taken me years, but yen is something that I practice at least once a week because it's really great for, I need to hold those poses. And the same with restorative, I have to do that because it makes me calm my mind because there are times that you just have to be still and that's okay, but I can't do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but understanding it and at least trying it and figuring out who you are. I think that that answer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, no, I think the, yeah, just so that people are aware that it is more than just stretching. And you definitely covered that. I think for me, one of the most surprising benefits I found with yoga is that it made me more aware of my body. And so I didn't went 30 years of my life and didn't realize I was driving down the road with my shoulders up to my ears, just stressed out. And just doing yoga made me aware of that. I'd be like, oh, that's not good. And what can I do with my shoulders instead? And so I've always found that to be immensely beneficial because not only is it stretching you and helping you to gain flexibility and calmness in the moment, but you can take those practices into daily things like driving and rush hour or whatever it is that you're doing and become more body aware and then teach your body to do something different. But also strengthening too. People have to understand that yoga can get you extremely strong. And it's funny, like I've been practicing for so long, but then when, when the shutdown happened, my practice went to every single day, but sometimes two times a day. And because I was just so bored, I was in Brooklyn <laughs> and I was just in my backyard. Luckily, I was lucky enough to have a backyard. And typically I practice like, before the shutdown, I was practicing like three, maybe four times a week, depending on my schedule. And then and intertwining, I was intertwining like Pilates in with that. And so when the shutdown happened, I didn't have any of that. So I, again, I was just doing yoga seven times, seven days a week and sometimes twice a day. When I went back, once everything opened and I started rock climbing again, I my friends that I climbed with were like, what in the heck happened to you? <laughs> because I had gone up like three levels over people and they were just like, <laughs> like people that I used to look up to <laughs> rock climbing. I was like, I want to be like that person. I was like climbing harder stuff than them. And it was just, all I could say was that it was because of yoga. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, because I wasn't doing anything else. But it also helped injuries. One thing about artists and hairdressers, and we need our shoulders. We need our <laughs> rotator cuff not to be 
messed up in any way, shape or form. We have to use our shoulders. We need that mobility. And I went through a point in time when I hurt my shoulder and my mobility, like I couldn't stretch my arm back past just like straight up. I couldn't do any type of chaturangas, any. So that would be your high plank into low plank. I couldn't do any of that. No push up. period. I could not do. But then yoga, like I, I just listened to myself, listened to my body, didn't try to overdo it. So I would do little chin, chest and baby cobras. And so that was helping my mobility get back. And then finally, I was able to do everything that I'm doing now. But it Yoga really can help any type of, my belief, any type of injury, as long as you're listening to yourself. Yeah. So not pushing it too hard or something. Yeah. Because I'm notorious for that. Like younger Amanda, starting off with Ashtanga, I hurt myself on a yearly basis maybe sometimes two times a year, kind of look like the person in the class. So I would try to stretch further than I could because I'm not a very stretchy person. I'm more of a stronger person. So flexibility is something that I always have to work on. So I would always try to look like the person that's in full wheel, full back bend. And I would try to do that. And nine times out of 10, I would just wreck my back or pull my neck out. I was notorious for that too. So I had to learn. Yoga taught me to learn to listen to my body and what I can do and understand that things happen slowly and progressively. And then you can do what you. Yeah. In your opinion, how many times and for like, how long do you think someone needs to practice each week to see pretty significant benefits? So not like maybe three levels up climbing, but also not like maybe that they can see that they are progressing and it's not going to take them months and months. What would you suggest? Honestly, three times. If you practice three times a week, I can guarantee that in three months, you're going to see a significant change. Guarantee it. If you Uh, practice once a week, you're going to see a change. Incrementally, you're going to see something every week. Something's going to be different. And so that's the cool thing about yoga is that it might be your warrior one, whereas putting your hips towards the top of the mat might've been a little bit sticky. I like to say where your hips don't really want to do it, but maybe next week you stretched them out enough. Maybe your strength, maybe you couldn't do chaturanga. Maybe you had to go chin chest and into baby belt, baby cobra, but then maybe the next week, you can actually do it. So you're going to feel it even if you practice once a week. Three times a week is the ideal to really see a big change. And how long do you think a session needs to be? You know what? Just getting on your mat, 15 minutes. Ideally, 30 to even an hour would be great. 30 to an hour, you're going to see the biggest change. 15 minutes is getting your mind into the game. So even days that I don't want to do anything and I'm just being like, no, I'm tired. I give myself a million excuses. If I get on the mat for 15 minutes, I feel so good in my body, in my mind. My self-esteem is better. So then the next time that I practice, I usually practice longer and harder and I'm better. But getting on your mat is the biggest 
thing. So even 15 minutes is ideal. And what we talked about all the styles, but what style is it that you teach? Like I said previously, I'm trained in, so vinyasa, my inspiration comes a lot from Ashtanga. I do some yen, I incorporate some yen into my practice. Bikram is a big, I'm a big fan of Bikram. So I put a lot of those postures in and the holding methods behind them. For me, I feel like I, and I even do Pilates as well. So I'm a huge Pilates fan and Pilates also helped me understand, Pilates helped me get to where I am now. And what I mean by that is because sometimes the two, you have people that say that Pilates is bad, people that say that yoga is bad, the ones that do both. But I think if you really think about what the to do for you, you can really combine them. I got to a point where I stopped doing yoga for a while and I found this Pilates studio and it was so amazing because I learned about anatomy really well <laughs> with Pilates because it's just like little bitty movements. I don't know if you do it, if you've tried it, but it's just, you might move yourself like an inch. It's just like little increments, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. <laughs> My abs are killing me. <laughs> Why does that hurt? But it teaches you your anatomy about your each individual muscle. And so I started nerding out on anatomy. And then I found this Pilates teacher that started to her and I would talk after class and we would talk about yoga. And then she started, she knew I was really into yoga too. So she would start gearing the classes a little bit. If I was there, she would put some yoga moves in there. And then she would, it would explain the yoga move a bit more and it would explain what muscles are being used. And that really started getting me thinking about the type of yoga teacher I want to be. So I want to be the person that teaches you about anatomy. I want to be the person that it's not so much about what you look like, but it's about what it's doing for you. And so how do you activate this muscle? How do you stretch this muscle? And so I try to make my own with marrying all those different types together. Cool. And you're doing something called Mission 8. Can you tell everybody what that is? So Mission 8 is for, it's an eight-week program where it's designed for anybody that's trying to maybe get into yoga, start a new yoga habit, because it takes about, they say three to eight weeks to develop a new habit. So I say eight weeks because give or take, maybe you're not going to be on, you don't have the right mind one or two of those weeks. So if you give yourself eight, you've probably developed a new habit. And so it's an eight week program, one-on-one. -on -one. It's a, basically, it's just you and me and it's for anybody. So if you have done yoga in the past and you've stopped and you just want to start a new habit, this is for you. If you are intrigued, you've never done yoga before and you want to know more, I can guide you through it. I can teach you. And maybe you are hesitant about going to a class because whatever it is, Maybe you don't feel confident about going because you might not know the moves or you don't know which type you want, you like. It's really a one-on-one -on -one session for eight weeks. The members get 10% off. Okay, members, you're actually talking about our CGA members are getting- Your members, yeah, yeah your CGA members. I'm giving you guys 10% off. And what I love about this program, and it's something that 
means a lot to me when it comes to any type of teaching, whether I'm teaching hair or yoga, is I want to know who you are. So I don't like teaching large classes. So when I teach in person in studios, I like to have smaller classes. 10 people is tops. And so the reason I like that is because I want to get to know each and every person in there. And I want to know if I know you, I know what your goals are. And if we're all doing the same class, I still know what you're working on. So mission eight, I'm going to be able to talk to you each week. I'm going to just like, we're going to decide like how you're feeling, what's your body feeling. Do you want to work on something particular so that I can design a class for you? And so it's just a personal trainer to where we get to know each other. It's fun. We laugh. It's not serious. I don't do serious yoga. We have to, meaning if you fall, you're going to laugh. I fall all the time in class and I laugh. You have to smile about it because we're human. And so mission eight, it's just going to be two people hanging out for eight weeks and you're going to get better and you will feel confident when you are complete with the program. You're also going to get a video of each week's session. So if you want to practice more before our next meeting, you can. So each asana will be sent to you. Each session will be sent to you after it's completed. That's awesome. That's such a great opportunity. And especially for anybody anywhere, but if somebody's like getting back in or feeling hesitant or has a physical health problem or anything, that sounds like such a fantastic opportunity. And then just to, I know me and my friends just to try to hold each other accountable. There was like three, my partner. And then one of our friends, we like put money into a pot to say, like, we had to practice yoga five days, yoga or meditate five days a week for at least 15 minutes. I think it was for a month. And even just in four, four weeks, it made such a huge difference and it made it that habit come back. And so having that accountability, and then this is eight an eight week program. So that would be I bet somebody would be pretty solid when they're leaving that. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm talking to you every single week. So the accountability is there. Yeah. And people have probably figured this, but just to be clear, these are virtual. So people can do them anywhere, which is great too. And work are probably around schedules to some degree. And right. yeah. Is there anything else that you want to let us know? or talk to anybody about? I just think that in general, first of all, I would like to offer all of your members one free live stream session. So every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there is a live stream that I do. I would like to offer everybody a a free session, a free live stream. And I think that if there's any type of hesitancy on practicing, feel free to reach out to me and I can hopefully ease your mind and guide you in the right direction. Even if it's finding, if you have questions about a studio that you want to go to in your area, live stream classes. I used to, I was weary on them, but the way that I like to teach is I'm going to practice with you, but I'm also going to watch you. And just quickly, one thing about mission eight as well as our One of our first sessions, I'm going to teach you how to set up your camera and your mat so that we can, I can see you and I can adjust you appropriately. So I think that that's a key thing too, is that you're moving in and out of these postures safely. And, and that's really what's important to me is that you get the most out of this and just feel free. Anybody can always contact me. And I love to talk about yoga and health and wellness and I'm here 
cool. Yeah. What I can think of is I think, is it called cow face? The one where you like put your leg and then you put the other leg over. Yeah, yeah. That, that is probably the thing I need the most. And I also find it the most challenging. And when I do that pose, one side is particularly bad. Both sides are really stiff and hurt. But my, when I'm doing it with the right leg under and the left leg over, my left hip cannot go down. And I'm like, I don't know if it's okay to just leave it to try to like slowly move into that stretch or if I am doing something wrong, but it's like very crooked. Um, I, the most important thing is that your hips stay on the ground. So oh, yeah, they're definitely not. <laughs> that's okay though. Your knees don't have to cross. Yeah. So if you're like, so my... My hip is really tight. So I have, a, I, almost, I have a slightly pulled hamstring on this side. So right now, like this is tight. So this, so is this what you mean? Like you're up? Some people well, are even like that. My hip would actually be raised off the ground. My left hip or yeah, left. It would actually be like up a little bit. So it's really just about opening your hip. So you can even just do something like this, just cross your ankle over your mm -hmm. thigh, but keep your sitting bones on the ground. That's okay. Key. So that's the key. Okay. Cause I've been more focused on like stretching that tendon or whatever it is and not so much focus on keeping the hips on the ground, but you're saying it's better keep the hips on the ground and move this stretch slowly. Cause you're going to stretch the tendon no matter what. Okay. Cause this isn't going to do it. Yeah. Do it. it is. It's so stiff. It's weird, <laughs> but that one hurts me. Like that one's bad for me. And that's the, for me, when it comes to yoga, like the doing the cow face arms are more, it's tricky for me. So like, I can't latch my arms. I can latch my arms. I can attach them here. But on this side, I can't. Yeah. So this is, and that's okay. So when I'm really trying to do it, I'll put like a strap. I love yeah. straps. I love blocks. And I also think that's something like when I teach, like, I'm not a, a dancer, so I'm not like bringing my leg up over my head. And, but, like I don't look like number one yogi of the world. And I think that's okay. And I think yeah. that that's, what, that's the type of people I want to work with is that we're just getting the benefits and that's, a, that's what it's about. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and both times and for the discount to our members and everything. I just, I think as our members grow, I hope that you see a lot of people come in your way and it's just such a valuable resource for our members. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. I hope you ladies have a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget. Our member enrollment opens August 1st through 15th. We also have an open call for our first annual art show, Wildflowers. The call will be open July 15th through September 15th. Make sure to check it out on our website, cowgirlartistsofamerica.org.